I'm a zombie! I've been bitten! You're listening to the Survival Podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? It's good. I'm excited tonight. Yes, we've got, uh, once again, another fun return to an old zombie flick, uh, thanks to Joe Bob Briggs and the wonderful Shudder service. Uh, So we're going to be talking about Dead and Buried later on. Uh, but Lou, we've got a good chunk of news. It's been about three weeks since we've last spoke, so we got a lot to catch up on. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. So first up, I wanted to give a shout out to The Last of Us Part 1, uh, the remake has has been released you can play it on playstation 5 it's getting excellent reviews uh i don't personally plan on picking it up day one just because it is a full price title and i don't necessarily need to revisit that game right away i'll be happy to revisit it down the road maybe once it goes on sale but it is available for those who haven't played it before or or if you just want to check it out i mean you don't (laughs) I, i i have a question for you good sir What's up? Uh, it's saying that the price for this is ninety bucks. Is is that Canada? Did that, you did you use a Canadian link? That's a Canadian link. So I don't. I, I I'll change that before I put in the show notes because I don't want to give our American listeners a heart attack. But that's what it costs for a, a premium PlayStation experience: ninety dollars before tax. So when you eventually cash out, it costs about a hundred dollars to buy a new game. So you know, that should pretty much really answer why I'm not picking this one up day one. <laughs> yeah, no, because when you sent the link and I looked at this, I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. That would be $70 US. Yes, which is accurate. It is $70 US. Uh, PlayStation titles cost an additional $10. So that's... Can I be honest with you, man? I think that's going to be the downfall of this new console generation. I honestly, they're probably going to be just fine. Um, But I understand where you're coming from. I think that video game prices have stayed a certain level for a very long time. But I think that $10 is a lot to swallow, especially when you start bringing it to other markets. Like here in Canada, we already saw our prices go up uh, when they uh, matched sort of the pricing between American and Canadian markets. It already went up like 10 bucks. So we've already experienced that um, just, I think, at the start of the PS4. So, yeah, it's uh, I think it's going to make folks look at subscription services and um, look at waiting to play a game. I think that's its intent. Uh, Like, what do you mean to make people go to services? Yep. Hmm. Why spend the $70 when you can spend X amount of dollars and get you the game will be on on, on the service? Yeah. But here's that the way thing. they get you to pay. They get you to pay every month rather than buy a game every couple of months. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, here's the thing. PlayStation doesn't have a service right now that is comparable to um, uh, Xbox, which which has day and date releases on their service but i understand where you're coming from um i think i think the price of games and the price of entertainment in general is just it comes down to like is this a day one purchase for me and i uh for me i I look at this i want to play it but i'm content to wait i've already experienced the last of us several times uh with the at this point at this at this point i don't want to replay it i'll watch the show well there you go and uh lou as is tradition you said i'll wait for a trailer now this isn't a trailer, but it is a first. It's look. a teaser. It's a teaser. It's twenty-eight seconds of actual <laughs> like thing, and it it it's essentially you seeing the characters in like like 
five second chunks with Joel says, Ugh. and then the girl says something about people abandoned me. And then you get a cut of his brother and you're like, oh, I think that's who it's supposed to be. And or one of the bad guys. And you're like, oh, OK, the, the, that that's what you're giving me for a thing. They, and they look the part. I'm not going to argue and say they don't. They look they definitely look the part. But again, I want to see more before I can get excited. I'll definitely watch this rather than play the game again. That's for sure. Yeah. I don't want to alarm you, but the dragon at the end of the teaser that I'm linking in the show notes, it's not on. That's not The Last of Us. So no, that's, no. that's a different show. Um, You know, I watched this trailer. And again, I don't think this trailer does the show justice in the sense that the trailer was like, wow, they, they really made these scenes look like the video game. And I, and I think that's great. Um. But I, I need to see more. Con- There's no context here. It's really just yep. flashes of scenes. Um, but, you know, Nick Offerman as uh, Bill. Bill Which, looks wasn't great. Wasn't Bill the bad guy? Uh, he was uh, he wasn't a bad guy. He was he was helping you. But he was he was sort of he wanted you to leave him alone. Essentially, uh, he wasn't oh, a bad okay. guy. But uh, you got Bella Ramsey as Ellie. You've got uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel. You've got the classic winter scene as they're heading into uh, into some sort of factory town. That's that's where I think that's where Joel gets they get ambushed, right? But yeah, and that's where she ends up having to protect him. Yeah, it looks yeah. great. Honestly, I I want to see more. This is being heralded as a early 2023 project uh, or 2023 in general. So we'll have to wait a little bit longer. But, Someone tells yeah. me they're doing a lot of editing. Yeah. Well, I mean, you saw a hint at the special effects there with one of the uh, zombies sort of plastered to the wall with the fungus and stuff. So, yeah. Um, let's take a look at the next story here, which is Dead by Daylight's Resident Evil chapter, which is chapter uh, W, I think, something like that. It's It's out now. So this is the one with Wesker, Ada Wong, and Claire. Uh, and I'm just trying to find the price. It is eleven ninety-nine. There you go. So eleven ninety-nine, that's not too bad. And yes, that is American dollars, uh, for those at home. Um and yeah, it's available now. It's probably what, fourteen in Canada? Yeah, thirteen fifty, not too bad. Yep. Um yep. but yeah, uh, Wesker appears to have more of his like tentacle powers. Um I think uh you know, as a as a collection here, this is a pretty solid collection. I mean, I'm not much of I don't play as the killers very much in this game. I play more just on the survivor side. Um, I'm just not good at it in general. Hey, I never said I was good. <laughs> I'm definitely not great at it. But, um, you know, Ada Wong, Claire, you know, it's really great to see them go back to the Resident Evil well again. Um, so I'll be excited to uh, check this one out. I- I'll probably wait for Extra Life to to play. But Lou, speaking of Resident Evil, uh, some sad news here as uh, Resident Evil, the series, has been canceled by Netflix after one season. Uh, you know, as, as much as we as much as we talked about it and, you know, didn't love it, but didn't hate it either. It felt like one of those things that would have gotten better had it got a second season, much like the Cowboy Bebop show. Mm-hmm. And again, it, I feel like this is I understand when Netflix is coming from. They got to cut the fat if it's not making them any money or it's not well liked or being watched. I get it. But man, it feels like something they could have. It feels I don't know. It feels like they weren't they didn't push the envelope enough, you know? Yeah, they made too many drastic changes from the source material, I think, that it pushed people away. Yeah, they were telling a different story uh, based on, you know, the Resident Evil canon. Like it was very based on that canon, but it was sort of pushed forward in the future. And they were they were having some some fun with it and and change, as you said, changing it up. Um, We had this uh, conversation change. No, people for some reason just change and i get and i get it and i think here's the thing when you when you say like people don't like change um there's a lot of resident evil out there we we just had a story you know a minute ago about resident evil being really resident evil in dead by daylight i mean we have resident evil village 
We're getting a return to third person Resident Evil this winter with the DLC coming to Resident Evil Village. Like there is so much Resident Evil to go around that I think giving us something different um should have been should have been fine. And yes, the show had problems, but I think it was really set up as a two season story. And we had this conversation on the gamers in this week because Jocelyn was watching it and she she kind of fell off of it a little bit because, um, you know, some other shows were coming out. And and I always say, like, you know, you you you'd hate to spend all your time binging it to find out Netflix is canceling it. And uh, that's what's happened here. I watched it for the show. She kind of fell off of it, but she was planning to go back to it. And she said, well, is it worth going back to now that it's been canceled? And I'm like, yes, Not if really. you haven't gotten to the point like with more of, uh, you know, Albert Wesker and Lance Reddick, like, I think you get to that point and you kind of see where the show was, was going. Um, but like the thing is, you know, Resident Evil outside of the video game realm has been weird and different. We got seven of those Alice films and like those weren't great. And those were also different. Yeah, there was. I liked the first one, and then there was one in the middle somewhere. I think I liked, but the others were all kind of like meh. Yeah, yeah. And then we got Resident Evil as Resident Evil last year with Welcome to Raccoon City, and it tanked. And I just I wonder if it's like it. Look, it's really hard to adapt stuff into other mediums. I get that. We'll see how the last one does. I think does. the Resident Evil fan base really just wants a one for one recreation of the game. I mean, did we not get that last year? And I don't think that that's feasible. Yeah, I think I think the one we got last year, if they had kept it to just the chin and left the city overrun thing out of like they didn't try to to tell one and two at the same time. I think people would have liked it better. I think the fact that it was crammed together in one movie is what kind of drove people away. Yeah. Or fans fair. away. Yeah. Um that, well, that yeah. a lot of people were really mad about the way Leon was portrayed. I didn't that didn't bother <laughs> me at all. Again, probably where uh they just took the rookie cop thing. There was a lot more wrong with not wrong, but not a lot more different about the Leon character uh, that we're used to in the video games. So I, I can see that. But um, yeah, I mean, like Netflix uh, has canceled. Netflix has a, a way of sort of, you know, new content drives new subscribers, reviving old shows subscri- uh, drives new subscribers. They're going to be bringing back, I guess, Manifest later this year. You know, that's yep. the content that drives subscribers, not second seasons to shows that, you know, did okay because they premiered next to stranger things season four like i mean it's just it's one of those things where i kind of i kind of knew this was going to happen before the show aired because like this was never going to do well so well this uh, this is not the witcher you know this doesn't have mass uh you know the witcher owes a lot to game of thrones that's the reason it got renewed for a second season before it even aired you know yeah um because they knew from the metrics it was going to do well uh but resident evil's tough like horror is tough on a on a huge budget it's it's not easy to recoup that those costs no but we have a surprise for us next too yes well you know what here's the thing um this was a surprise dead island 2 is back it's it's returned into the spotlight and will release on february 2023 what do you think lou which is I'm just very surprised because last we heard this was a back burner project with no updates and no nothing. And they didn't really say anything and they didn't really know anything. And it was a uh, maybe we're still working on it, but and we hadn't heard anything. And then not only did they announce it, but with more content, and more trailers and more stuff, but they even gave us a release date. Yeah. Yeah, so we got a CG trailer, we got a gameplay trailer. Uh, it's coming out February 3rd on PlayStation 5, 4, Xbox uh, One, Series X and S, and PC. So it is targeting uh, previous generation and current generation of consoles. So if you uh, don't have a next generation system, uh, or I should say current generation, you can pick this one up. It looks pretty great. Like, in terms of the graphics, like, I was surprised when they switched over to gameplay and, like, that's um, that's some next gen zombie slaying right there. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'm surprised. I, again, uh, this looks better than to me than uh, what's it called? What's the, uh, the parkour one? Oh, a dying light. That this looks better to me than dying light. Yeah, I, I honestly prefer the more cartoony look. I think that's a better style for the genre. I think. Um, plus, yeah. they can. It just feels like the fidelity in this art style. They've really ratcheted up. Um, it looks to be like uh, it will be a first-person action RPG, which we knew. It will have six playable characters, so you'll be able to play as six different characters. Um, to be honest, it's been so long since I played the first Dead Island. I, I don't. I really don't know a whole lot about the structure of the game, like, and how the gameplay works. Like, uh, it it's like Dying Light without the. Um, it's like Dying Light without the parkour stuff, and guns were more useful. Right. Well, it'll be out uh, sooner than you think, and I think this one will be a day one purchase for me. I'm I'm excited about it. Uh, it did switch developers again. This is a different developer. It was originally, I think, supposed to be Sumo Digital, and that's that's who was making it. And now it's uh, it's it's a different developer. I you know I can't. I know it's not Sumo Digital. Now I'm trying to remember who it is. Something Shark, but it's not it's not Fat Shark. It's something else. I guess it really doesn't doesn't matter doesn't matter doesn't matter but it is a different developer and uh you'll be able to pick that up in february so look forward to that lou that is the news but we do have a fun topic for this week let's take a look at this Well, what are you waiting on? Time to party like jungle animals. Welcome to Potter's Bluff. What's going on? Here? Lou, welcome to Potter's Bluff, uh, the lovely film set in Potter's Bluff called Dead and Buried. We watched it with, of course, Joe Bob Briggs uh, via Shudder. And yes, technically, the intro I just used is from their newer season, but I capped it last time uh, we watched Joe Bob Briggs, and I thought it was really cool, so I played it again. But uh, we are talking about Dead and Buried, uh, a film that came out in 1981. Thank you. I was going to say five for some reason. Uh, But 1981. It's... uh, it's it's not uh so it's so for it's not a zombie film right off the bat and lou i think you kind of described it well because you've had this described as a zombie film and you've tried to watch it a couple times you're like i don't think this is a zombie film yeah no i i'd never i'd heard of this movie and i and it's i've seen it on zombie movie lists but i'd never seen it and then when they did it the a couple uh last season on the last drive-in i was like ah well this is a good excuse for me to sit down and watch this movie and I watched like the first 20 minutes and I was like, where are the zombies? Why is this on zombie lists? And what? OK. And then it it's not until about halfway through the movie and you start to put some pieces together and you're like, oh, I get why this is a zombie movie, but it's not a traditional zombie movie. Oh, OK. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely its own spin, and I mean it's not very often. That and I de- and I warned you before we watched this; it was not your traditional zombie movie. Yeah. So it's, I'm I'm sure I'm sure you got I'm sure you got ten minutes into this thing, and you were like, "Uh, where are the zombies?" <laughs> well, there there yeah, there's no zombies, but there is like villagers killing you know unsuspecting visitors type stuff. Yes. And I figured that played into the whole horror aspect of it. And I mean, when it it's it's something that's revealed in the second half as to why this is a zombie film. And it, and it goes back to the way they slowly unravel it, I think, is yeah. is, is some of the best. Uh, it, it's it's the reason this film is pretty good is that it, it, they just slowly unravel it. And it's it's all about this like these creepy villagers and at first you're just thinking oh well it's just this village that seems to be part of like some sort of cult that's just killing random people and 
Um, but then there's this critical moment and it all kind of all happens at once. Like you, you as the audience see a character that was killed, um, you know, was killed on, on screen and is back perfectly fine. No problem. And you as the audience are like, what the heck is going on here? And then the sheriff catches up and is discovering like, well, you know, the person you hit last night, that's the, those skin flakes are four months, you know, past dead. And he's like, well, no, I just hit them last night. And again, as you as the audience, you see him pick up his arm and put it back on. And and you're just like, what, what is going on here? And uh, the whole time, uh, Charlie and the chocolate factory's uh, grandfather, um, who plays the the mortician, mortician. he's a, he, I thought for the mo- for the a good majority of the film, like he was the good guy. He was the one guy in this whole town. Oh yeah, the first time I watched this because this is my second or third time watching it now. The first time I watched it, I was like, "He's grandpa. He can't be the bad guy." And then like, it slowly revealed to you, and you put the pieces together by the end of the movie. What's really going on? And you're like, "Oh." He is the bad guy. And for those of you that may not have watched the the, the, the movie well, along with us, the premise is, is that it's a small town. Um, I think they don't specifically say it's Maine, but it's implied it's somewhere here in northern New England, likely Maine. And uh, the, our main character is the town sheriff. And the movie opens with uh, a bunch of people. Uh, uh, th- there's a guy on a beach taking photos and this girl comes over and she's hinting that she wants to do more with him and hey kid can you take my photo and then when he's when he least suspects it a bunch of other townspeople show up behind him they string him up and they burn him alive yeah and you're like and you're like what am i well this is definitely an opening i i have no idea what's going on here and again First time I saw this, I was on zombie movie lists, and I was like, "This isn't a zombie movie. This is this is a crazy town movie." And so again, it's not till about the halfway point in the movie that you start to realize that there's something weird going on here. That's more than town killers. And um, uh, the only person who seems to be kind of clueless as to what's going on is our town sheriff. Yeah, and uh, he starts investigating somebody that's missing, and then. That leads to somebody else that goes missing, then leads to somebody else that they find a body for. And every time he finds another body, you kind of see them, that person later walking around town and you're like, what's going on? And in the meantime, his wife is his wife is looking up black magic books and other weird stuff. And you're like, is his wife in on it? What's going on? And like, there's so many questions favorite thing about this whole movie is is it feels like an episode of the twilight zone yeah yeah 100 percent. that's a really great sort of explanation and i think that um where that feeling comes from is all the misdirects again like it there's this moment where he's asking his uh the, the sheriff's asking his wife like where are my where are my shells my gun shells and she says like oh you didn't go to the beach and and he's like no my shotgun shells and she's like, well, I don't know, wherever you left them. And then he goes looking for them and he comes back with like an occult book and a knife. And he comes in and is like, what is this? And he's he's clearly like he's having a hard time because he's starting to suspect something's off in town. And he's like, why are you reading this stuff? And she, and she has the cover. She says like, oh, well, no, it's we're doing we're studying it for school. We're doing some film projects and stuff. And and again, like as the audience, depending on how much you want to read into this stuff and, and how much you believe what's going on on screen, you can kind of look at that and be like, Oh, he's just feeling the pressure, which he says, Oh, I'm just feeling the pressure. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to accuse you of anything, but at the end of the film, like it pretty much is all revealed that he was onto something. And I, I just, but I think that's the thing is like, there is so many misdirects, you know, within this film because you feel like you're getting on onto something and and suddenly it's like, well, yeah, that's a clue, but like we're going to refute it and we'll come back to it. It's all going to be connected, but we're constantly going to be like teasing you with something, but then throwing the cloth back over and being like, well, we're not quite ready to reveal it just yet. And there's a lot of these like misdirects, but also there's a lot of these like confirmations strictly to the audience. You know, when you see a character that you saw die on screen, come back to life uh, without explanation. 
and then clearly like well something odd is going on and and our interpretation of zombies and returning from the dead has always been you know that that preservation of decay or or um just death in general but in this case when characters come back to life they are pristine they are as they were before they passed um yes they're unaware of what's happened but and but we're also led to believe that they have to come in for tune-up so that they can continue to look like themselves yes that, i mean that is confirmed at the end of at the end of the film yeah. that they all kind of it, it's all revealed to be it is voodoo i think they they take the heart and they bury the heart and it's and something that it, it, it's some. they never fully tell you what it is no which i think is for the it, it, i think it's to the film's um uh, uh uh not to its detriment but it's to its benefit that they don't tell you specifically what he does no they don't though they th- though they do show you him restore one of the one of the cadavers yes in like yeah. a quick cut scene which is kind of cool very creepy uh and just it, it was a creepy there's a lot of creepy scenes in this film and i mean there's something about that that decade of the 80s where they started to get really good with prosthetic effects and and uh but it wasn't quite there yet and there's a couple scenes in this film specifically one that that stuck in my mind and also i guess stuck in the mind of uh of roger ebert uh, those classic critics was the acid through the nostril scene of the dude working in the lab um clearly mm-hmm. it's a it's a it's a fake head and they're pumping like a liquid into the nostrils but like again it's that 80s look of like wow you can tell it's fake but it's like they tried so hard to make it look real that it's almost more disturbing to to see it happening on screen yes. and you just don't get that anymore uh there's just something about that deck and 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 that decade of film kind of you know uh defines like my early horror viewing when I was a kid, we would rent these films and I, I, I had not seen this one before. So this is my first time viewing, but like I was reminded of a lot of those films we would rent from blockbuster on VHS and, and watch in the summer. Um, yeah, that, oh, some of those scenes, like the needle to the eye scene was like really gnarly. <laughs> if I hadn't played dead space two, I wouldn't have been prepared. That was the one that's the one scene too in this movie where the special effect is so good you're like there's clearly a prosthetic there but damn they did a good job of like hiding it from you. Yeah. Well it was it was helpful because the whole, the guy was in a, f- a full body cast so they it, it's that it's that transition from the real person over to the prosthetic and I mean that's why it looks so real because you were able to hide that transition so well with with the character and a yep. uh, full full body cast. But yeah, there's a lot of those moments where they, you know, they use those prosthetics and uh, the trick of the camera to really play with it. And you're right, like that preparing of the body uh, were. And again, I think that's a misdirect where you see the character like, you know, the mortician, he he takes his craft very seriously and, and he, he feels that his work is... Um, it, it obviously very important to the mourning process and, and he takes it very seriously. And when he prepares, you know, a body, like they kind of show that process. And again, like, it's just him doing his job. Um, like it just, it comes off as like this, just this normal scene, but it, it but again, like there's something to it. It's like, okay, clearly the filmmaker's trying to tell me something about this character or this process or whatever, but yeah, it, it, like they did uh they did a really good job on a lot of those effects and whatnot and um by the end like when it all comes together they even did the they even did the misdirect with the film, you know, like the wife says I need you to get this processed. You know, I need you to take this yeah. in. It's like they're literally handing you evidence. They she handed you evidence at the beginning of the film that would have solved all this problem. It's like the cell phone conundrum, you know, of like if you had yeah. a cell phone every horror film would would that's why a lot of horror films are <laughs> Or put in the '90s, although Resident Evil still found a way to put a pager that suddenly worked, uh, no matter what. But um, yeah. here's the thing: like they, it, that's the cell phone conundrum. Like she hands him the evidence, her husband, all this evidence of of what's going on. He doesn't get it processed, and when he eventually does and watches it, he stops watching before. Like I think he 
he doesn't watch the whole thing. I think he he stops once he realizes it's his wife. Yeah, he stops once he realizes it's his wife in the video. Yeah. And at the end of the film, it's revealed. You get to see the last you get to see the last scene and it's revealed that he's one of them. He yeah. just doesn't realize it. Yes. Uh, you know, and I I can cut to to his reaction cuz that was one of the other uh clips that I captured here for from the film. <laughs> to you as a gift oh this was before he discovers it this is when he discovers oh, yeah that his that his wife uh, was dead essentially um yeah and, and 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 the other thing he explains is that they're all simple-minded that 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 they they're only they only do the tasks that he's kind of given them and that they don't have full personality and then you're reminded as you watch them wander around town that some of them really do kind of look lost or every time he has a conversation with like the mechanic uh, or the tow truck driver, which is played by Robert England, it, it, England doesn't really have a whole lot of dialogue. And when he does, it's really kind of the same simple stuff. Sure, chief, whatever you need, boss, whatever. Da, da, da. And you're really reminded that, gee, they are kind of simple. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, you're, you're absolutely right. Like there is this, again like you don't you don't think much of it you know small town they're doing about their business they're they're minding their own business they're they're just doing what they got to do and you're like oh that's just that's just that small town vibe and then at the end of the film it's like no they they explain it all as like well that's that is i i I bring them back to life they are my artwork i bring them back to life and i kind of give them you know simple tasks they come back in for touch-ups and you even see that deterioration where the touch-ups are needed you know, near the end of the at the end of the film, when yep. you're starting to see all of the the townsfolk come back, and they have like these like, kind of like cracks in in yeah, their they, face. They've also been they've also been chasing him. Yes. So you know, he they've been running around the cemetery. They've been running through brushes of trees, and so you can definitely see that they're like their 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 skin is starting to flake, and things are starting to break, and it's like, oh, okay, and then it's revealed. He, like the guy, he asks him how, and he's like a little bit of this. Some might call it science. Some might call it a little bit of black magic. Who's to say what's real? And you're like, they. It, I, I just love the fact they don't go into any real details, except that it that it whatever it is he does, it works. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, and I and again, you were saying it earlier. I love that mystery of don't reveal it because again, it, it's something you and I both know isn't real you know uh what this mortician has done to bring these folks back to life so like explaining it would just cheapen the whole effect and i think to the, it adds to the horror element when you when you leave that mystery in and man there's even a moment at the end of the film where where uh, our sheriff shoots uh the mortician and then he like embalms himself which yeah in any other film would be like, what are you doing here? Like, this is just wacky for wacky sake, but that, that dude's crazy. And he also, he wants to revive. I don't know how that would work. Reviving himself with the idea like that. It, it, it was a stretch, but it's a, it's a stretch, but you know, for, for what it is, you just kind of go, all right, I'll, I'll, this movie's already done some weird stuff. I'll take it. Maybe he was already, dead or he had started his transformation earlier and now he could finish it or something it was consistent with the character a hundred percent yeah because because he was clearly losing <laughs> some of his uh, <laughs> faculties his, yes um but yeah it was uh like the reveal at the end uh, of the main character the sheriff also uh being a revived uh voodoo person like it also kind of explains some of his, you know, like when you think about it now, it's starting to unravel a little bit where you think, Oh, like a lot of these folks had lived simple lives and, and whatnot. But he, like the sheriff seemed to be the most with it in terms of what was going on. Um, He's the most with it. But you, if you think about it and I've, I've seen this movie a couple of times and I've thought about it. He says, the, 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 like you know, I give them as much as I can, 
And it makes you think that maybe this has happened before. Yeah. If you get my meaning, like he, he gave him the knowledge and then he didn't like he had to pick and choose what he wanted to give him. And so he gave him the ability to not remember that he's dead and let him live a life in ignorance. And unfortunately he's too smart for his own good. He remembers too much about being a detective and a, and a police chief a sheriff that he puts the pieces together and he's solving the mystery. And as he's solving the mystery, you can see the old guys probably just going, well, I guess we're going to have to let him solve this one and figure it out on his own. And then I can zero him out and start him over again. Yeah. That's kind of the way I interpreted it. That's, that's not a bad, that's not a bad interpretation. I think that that works. And I mean, the ending is so, the ending is so open-ended that you can go, you like it, it, it's again, it feels like a Twilight episode where you hear do 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 from the twist at the end. Yeah. Well, the ending is 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 basically him like looking at his hands as he's deteriorating, and then yeah. Dobbs, the mortician, saying, "Well, I can repair you," and like that's essentially the end of the movie. And I, I again, like this one's more about the journey. And I think at the top of the show with the last drive-in. Joe Bob Briggs is saying like, oh, well, if I tried to explain the film to you, I'd end up spoiling it. And I'm glad he didn't, because, yeah. again, going yeah. in unexplained was the way to do it with this movie. Um, yeah, we should have led with that, honestly, <laughs> in terms of uh, folks listening at home. But but hopefully you folks uh, got a chance to, to watch it. Um, it's it's it was good. I mean, honestly, sometimes when we watch some of these 80s horror films, it, it can be a bit of a a random draw in terms of it being a good or bad film, but I think this one, w- you know, was good. This, this one was critically panned, and I think it, it's developed a cult following over the years. And there's a lot of people that really like it, and I think it's seen in a much better light now that we're away from the '80s. That's one thing I find with some of these movies that get panned in early days. You know, you need to give them a little bit of time. Because they're too close to something else that came out really good, or there was something else that did something very similar, and so it. Th- but that movie did it better, and so people kind of look at it and go, "Oh well, eh, I liked this better, or I liked that better." And and you don't because it was so close to something else, you just don't get get that time. Or sometimes people don't appreciate the slow burn, mm-hmm. and that's what this movie is. I mean, there's the kill in the beginning, and then you really don't get more till later. Yeah, you're right. There's definitely a slow burn with this film. And and I also think in terms of reviews at the time of its release, I think the horror genre wasn't as respected as it is now. And I mean, I think even in the last two decades, it's really come a long way. Um, Like it's 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 more it's just more respected now. And, And I think when you have reviews, they back in the day, I think they reviewed it as like in comparison to other films that were coming out. There was also less movies coming out. Now it's like yeah. there's a new one every day. And I think this one would be a good one for a remake. I think you could have, um, you could remake this one. I think you could remake this one and make enough twists and changes to it that even people that have seen it might not see the twist coming. Yeah. Or see a different twist coming. Yeah. You could you could do some uh, you could do some interesting stuff with this one uh, with a modern take and and even like in terms of a modern take like uh, I mean even the movie the movie didn't feel dated you know like it felt it definitely no. was a movie set in the eighties for sure but it just usually you watch these films like ah oh, yeah this is this feels like an eighties movie but I feel like this one just the way it was crafted and the way it was shot and the way it was acted even like. It it felt didn't feel dated to me anyways. No, um, it does. I, I would agree with you on that. It doesn't feel dated. Um, it, it, it the shots are really nice and clean. Everything is really wide. You get a really good view of everything that's going on. You know, yeah. um, the, the, there isn't anything that's up close to hide something. I mean, some of the shots, they're wide enough that you're like, Something else would have just zoomed in on the guy's head. And instead, we're getting the guy's head and everything going on around behind him. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Before the murder thing happens. Nothing is like a zoom in close. And we're going to just show his eyeball pop out of his head. It's really like 
when they do the acid thing, you really see the guy's hands holding the guy's head still, and you can still see things around in the background behind him. It's not just an up-close shot of the head. Yeah, agreed. They did a lot. <laughs> it's kind of funny, like you mentioned, you know, the, the shots and cinematography and stuff, and... um. You know, we haven't heard a lot from Joe Bob Briggs. This we did. I did get some clips from Joe Bob Briggs, and and he has these moments. Uh, that he went on a whole rant, uh, and I feel bad because now I'm going to forget the specific you know person he was talking about. But he was talking about um, set designers, I think. <laughs> and he went on for like I didn't even cap that, but essentially, like every time he comes on screen before he goes back, to the, he's like, "Oh, let's get back to the film." But first, here's like a 45 second story. Um, yep. and uh, he did go on a bit of a rant about uh, set designers and how they don't get enough credit which I think he's he's, he's abs- it's absolutely true um, specifically yeah. for this film in that like this film set designer was was uh, was not credited in in you know every scene reviews. feels like you are in small town New England yeah they nailed it like it, yeah. it, you really do like the roads um feel like small town new england i mean this thing was filmed in california i believe but you'd never know it yeah yeah well here's a here's here's joe bob briggs uh first attempt to get back to the film production designers that's what they do okay i really will shut up now (laughs) okay production design i should have played the clip and then went into my spiel production designers what he's going on about uh, which are essentially in charge of basically everything in front of the camera that isn't the actors, you know, making yeah. sure everything uh, is set up just just so. And it's not an easy uh, job um, where where we live here. Like there's this small town just just outside of uh, of the city here uh, called Millbrook. And, and it is constantly being transformed into like old time, you know, uh, uh I wouldn't even say like late 1800s style villages. Uh, they just take the main street and they they basically put boards over top of all the shops and they turn it into an old set for for a day. And it's it's used constantly by a lot of like CBC productions and stuff here in Canada. Yep, I'm sure I've seen it in something. Yeah, I think Murdoch Mysteries uses it a lot, which I think is a show that's kind of escaped um, Canada a little bit. Yeah, Erica loves that show. Yeah, we watch it. We watch it constantly. Yeah. So like production designers would go in and basically craft that um, from 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 basically a set. So there you go. Production designers uh, or as Joe Bob Briggs said it. Production designers. So there you go. Um, And I got one other one where he again attempts to get back to the movie, but uh, can't help but uh, but talk. Roll the flick. Because just as a practical matter, if your wife turned zombie on you, wouldn't you know that every time you made the sign of the burrowing bunny bumper in the marital bed? I mean, wouldn't it make things a little difficult for you? You know, I'm just wondering. I guess the sheriff just has no time for conjugal mad monkey kung fu, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. I I think he was talking about sex there, but... Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. All right. Yeah, so I, again, like, and this was where we're getting in the later on in the production where he was, he, again, he didn't want to spoil it, but he was essentially like, at this point, we knew his wife was was involved with uh, with the voodoo stuff. And um, yeah, so he was he was basically asking, like, how did the sheriff not recognize what was going on? And I, I think I, I like when you when you watch the whole film, you know exactly why he didn't really know what was going on or didn't or didn't catch on because of because his wife was dead. It was also because he was dead, too. And I think that played into yeah. the whole. So I I, th- I just clued into that of like, well, that there, the reason that isn't a, a plot hole is because he's dead, too. And that probably covered up a lot of those inconsistencies. It's probably that and you don't know how long he was dead. You know? Yeah. Again, like who's to say the background is is actually his real life, you know, like his backstory. Who's to say who's to say that that killing didn't happen like 20 minutes into the film and we just didn't see it. Hmm. He may be recently dead or he could have been a long time dead. That's a good point. I hadn't thought of that Um, again. Like there's a lot going for this film. 
Yeah, and, and the other thing, too, is, is he explains that the reason that the wife is dead is she was one of the first ones he worked on because her car went off the road and she ended up in the ditch and he brought her back and then decided to just make her up. So he's his whole life, the, the sheriff's whole marriage and everything, it's implied she may have been dead the whole time. Yeah, but we don't know if he was dead the whole time while they were married Exa- or... Or who knows? You know, that her stabbing him could have been their wedding night. You know what I mean? Yeah, they don't get into it. And I think that, again, like, the mystery upholds the story and kind of, like, paves over plot holes. There's a bunch of plot holes. But if you really think about it, there's lots of ways to explain away the plot holes. It's really just there's so much there's so much mystery that it keeps you guessing. And the fact that they don't reveal stuff means that, you know, you have to keep thinking about it. Yeah. And again, like you could say, the fact that they don't unveil it could be because, oh, well, that that's that's just a plot hole. But like, I, I, I honestly prefer the mystery. Is this movie a masterpiece? No. Have I seen better? Absolutely. But you know what? Was it an enjoyable piece of cinema that, you know, when I walked away from it made me think? Definitely. Yeah, I agree with you. I agree with you, Lou. It was a, a good recommendation. Thank you so much. Um. Speaking of which, uh, movies, zombie movies, we like to talk about them on this show. And uh, also, it is September, and I didn't put this in the notes, but I, I was just reminded, I've set this up again this year. So Zamp plus Extra Life, if you go to bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan and donate to the campaign, uh, donate $25 and you can suggest one zombie film for us to cover, but better yet, donate $50 and you can suggest three zombie films and it's all set up on the page so you just click on the incent or the uh, donation incentive and you can choose 25 or 30 put the name of the movie in there and we will cover it um maybe even before the end of the year because i think i think the movies every other episode has been a nice change of pace not having to watch a whole season yeah, of something I've, def- I've definitely enjoyed it it's given me time to watch some things or do some other things zombie related to talk about um i've been recently playing a game called uh crap <laughs> i should have thought of this before i before i talked about it it's all good um, i've been i've been playing oh it's a uh, uh dismantle dismantle huh yeah i'm not heard of it and i'm looking up now it, it is a top down zelda slash like uh like minecrafty crafter game and those are not my style of gameplay, but there's you're running around, there's zombies in it. It's um yeah, dismantle. D-Y-S-M-A-N-T-L-E. And I, I picked this up on a, the summer sale not that long ago, and it was only a couple of bucks. Um I, I think it normally goes for 15 or 20. Uh, but I wouldn't say spend 15 or 20 on it, but definitely spend like it's definitely worth five bucks. Uh even if I don't go back, go back to it, I've definitely gotten my five bucks out of it. Nice. Yeah, it's uh, it looks pretty cool. It's got some DLC as well, and uh, yeah, it's got. Oh, a really the DLC is style. new. The oh, DLC is, is new. Yeah, oh, it wow. like literally just came out. Like I think, yeah, August twenty fourth. Last came week, out, like yeah. last week. Well, there you go. Uh, so yeah, zombie uh, video game. There, I'll I'll put the link in the show notes so you guys can check it out. But um, yeah, we'll uh. It's really nice to get away from TV for a bit because TV is a, is a large investment. But we will be watching some TV for next episode. So coming up, we're going to check in on the latest Walking Dead spinoff with Tales of the Walking Dead. It should be wrapped by the time we go to record again, um, or at least five of the six episodes, depending on how you watch it. I think if you get it on AMC+, Plus, all of them will be available. So I think that's the route we'll take. You, you watch on AMC+, Plus, right? Uh, no, I usually buy the seasons, but I think I might still have an active AMC plus cause they're stupid and they didn't cancel it on me. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, but other than that, you know, uh, we usually, we will start up our, um, our, our zombie movie recommendations with our extra life sort of, uh, spiel next episode, but we did pick out a couple that we have, uh, we were actually looking through shutter and one of them that came up was one cut of the dead. Now that's a that's a Japanese zombie film, right? You were saying? Yes. Yes. Yeah, and it's I think it's like they're filming a zombie film and then zombies actually come, like that was the idea. I've I've seen enough that I know what the twist is. I won't tell you anything else 
except that it's the, the, the film crew with zombies and the entire opening of the movie. I think it's like a 15 or 20 minute scene and it is all done in one take. Mm, cool. Well, yeah, so we'll uh, we'll kick that off uh, next episode, but there's a little taste. Again, go to bit.ly slash extra life, Ryan. You can also find the details on the Zombies Ate My Podcast website if you want to go there too. But all your donations, 100% go to Sick Kids Hospital in Toronto, which is a Children's Miracle Network hospital. And uh, as soon as we get some donations, we'll pop that movie to the top of the queue. So uh, we'll watch it right away. And remember, it has to be available in North America by rent or stream. So keep that in mind. We have to be able to, to access it. And uh, usually the best way to figure that out is uh, go to justwatch.com and uh, select. Uh, it's fine if you select America. If it's available in America, it's probably in Canada. And select there, search it up, make sure it's on something that we can rent it or, or stream it. Yeah, um, unfortunately, we're sorry, Lonely Bob. There was that one film we still haven't been able to watch. Yeah, there was, uh, I, can't, I think it was Home or, or Gone Home or something. Uh, something was, like that, yeah. It was unavailable. And it's, we did try. It, we tried everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so uh, bit.ly slash Extra Life Ryan and uh, donate away. We really appreciate it. So if you want to join the conversation, bit.ly slash uh, Zamp Discord. Want to thank our patrons at patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. We don't have to say this, but it's a new month. Great time to join in. Um, we are looking uh, as a tease. We are looking to kind of revamp things there a little bit, uh, kind of clean it up. It hasn't been touched in a while, but we do appreciate our patrons. Yep. We also plan on giving possibly getting some extra stuff for you guys if you're a patron, but that's down the road where we're looking into the new year to do that. Yeah, soon TM. So we'll we'll get to that. Um, and again, uh, go to our website, zombiesatemypodcast.com. You can email us, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. If you're on Facebook, you can like us over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Zombies Podcast. You can also follow me at R. Murphy and Lou at Busy Zombie Lord. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the artwork. You can find more of his stuff at joelduggan.com. Lou, before we head out, do you have any fine zombie wisdom for everyone at home? If you think people around you are dead you're probably dead too yeah that's basically that made that that quote made this film a documentary for sure 